This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Well, I'm happy that my wife of nearly 40 years is with me today. As I said, I'd like her to come up and I'd like to prove to you that I am married. We have three tremendous adult children that uh, my daughter has produced three wonderful grandchildren. And let me just tell you right now, parents, let me tell you, get through it and get to those grands. Grandchildren is God's reward for you not killing your kids. And I just tell you, just keep feeding them, keep loving them, keep tolerating them until they give you the grands. Then life begins. Anyway, this is Jeannie. Jeannie, I'm so glad you're here. I am really glad to be with you today. I, I can't believe that it's been 20 years that, that he's been coming without me. Uh, uh, but I do want to say this. Every time that he would, he would come back and he would talk about this church and he would uh, talk about your pastors and he'd talk about their kids and he would just go on and on just lavishing just all of the good things that were happening here in the house. In fact, and he would say, we had the most incredible service and this and that. And I finally would say to him, I don't even want to hear about it. I I, I can't go. So I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) Probably wasn't a good thing to say, but it's a compliment to you that the spirit of the Lord is doing great things in this house. And it's a compliment to people that are passionate about Jesus and that love him with all of their heart. So it is a great joy for me to be with you today. And I, I, uh, this morning I was up early and I was praying and the Lord gave me a passage out of Isaiah, the 42nd and the 43rd chapter, when he says, uh, the prophet says, uh, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. And he said, the, the former thing has been done. It's past, but I'm going to do something new. And then he says to them, after he says that, uh, he says, I want you to sing a new song. And he tells them, I'm going to do a new thing. I've done something already, but now I'm doing something new. Between now and the time I do it, I want you to sing. Wow. And I think the Holy Spirit wants to tell you today, there's something new that God is producing in this house and in your life. And he wants you to find a new song to sing. When you get to the 43rd chapter, he says basically the same thing. Only he says, now it shall happen. He was talking about, I will tell you about it, and it's going to happen. But he says, now it's going to happen. I will make roads in the desert, and I will, in the wilderness, and I will make rivers in the desert. God will let something spring up where there was nothing. Can you imagine if you knew about a piece of desert land that was nothing but desert, and you had insight into the future about something amazing was going to happen there, if you could have invested in that, how much wealth that you would have today? Well, God is saying, I'm giving you insight into the future. I'm going to do a new thing in your life and in your family, in your community. And he says, I want you to begin to sing a new song. He's giving you an opportunity to see ahead what you can't see with your natural eye so that you can invest your time and your talent and your treasure into the things of the kingdom. I say today, God is doing a new thing and he is multiplying his abundance, his goodness, his favor in this house. Thank you for allowing us to be here. It is my joy. Wow. Hey, man, thank you, Jeannie. By the way, she had no idea that that was the text that your pastor's been teaching from. I thought that was pretty prophetic. Amen. Way to go, Jeannie. 
Thank you, Pastor Andrew. All right, do me a favor right before I start teaching to you today. I want you to give all of our network churches across the country a big shout out. Would you do that? Here we go. Ready? Right there. Come on, everybody. Give it out. Thank you. As many of you may know, I now uh, oversee about a thousand churches across the country, part of the Hope Movement with Joel Osteen. And I just want to tell you how much Joel and Victoria love your pastors. We love the Hand family. They've been, this church has been an incredible support to uh, us reaching a mostly unchurched nation that watches. Forty million people touch us each month. More than half of them have no church background at all. And uh, this Friday night, we'll do our 169th. Night of Hope, where I have personally seen over one million people give their life to Christ. More importantly, my responsibility is to get them into good Bible-based churches like yours. And we have connected over a million families into the Champion Network churches in the last eight years. Isn't that amazing? So thank you because of the support you've given. We're out there touching America. So God bless you. And if you want to see yourself, you can go to Phil Munsey at Instagram and uh, be a star, right? Uh, And to my three followers, and you'll be four. So last week when I was talking to your pastor, and we were just praying about whether I was supposed to be here today, and as we began to pray and talk to each other, there's something that really went off in his spirit and my spirit and gave me a sense that this was a destiny moment for this church and for us. The great thing that I have now that because I serve a lot of churches, um, I can go only where the Holy Spirit tells me to go. And as you know, we're not pastoring anymore after pastoring in Orange County for 30 years. We've now been pasteurized. I don't know what that means, but... And we serve pastors now. And so I just felt the Holy Spirit and we agreed that this was right for me to be here. So I take my assignment today very serious, and to all of our campuses, I feel very honored to be here. Now, the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to Pastor Randy and Cherise to to proclaim a year of new things. Now, it's important to understand that the Word of God is the Word of God, but that it is when it is spoken and released in seasons that it is activated. And the Bible tells us that there's a five-fold gift that the church has, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and these are gifts to the church. And when they speak things, they activate them and causes it, like Psalms 133 says, an oil, an anointing that's poured on the head, and as it comes down the beard, it is released into a commanded blessing to the body of Christ. So it becomes important that when the pastor and a a prophetic voice like mine or an apostolic voice like mine comes, it establishes something and that's when you get under it because it's under that season that you can walk into something new. It's kind of like the game Red Light, Green Light. When the ministry speaks something in agreement, it's like green light. It's like go, go, go. Last week, last month, maybe you couldn't have Now you can. So there is being released to this church this sense of a new thing. It's being declared. I love one of the stories that Oral Roberts used to tell about the pitcher that throws the ball across the plate. The catcher catches it and waits for the umpire to say whether it's a ball or a strike. 
it seems like eternity. And the catcher finally says, well, what is it? And the umpire says, it's nothing until I say it's something. And that's really what's happening here from this platform. Whenever there's a sound given, something is released. God is doing a new thing. Something new is in the atmosphere for our church, for our community, for everything that we touch and everything that touches us. Something new is happening. It's not just because it's a new year. In fact, you know, everybody can say happy new year, but I'm giving you the authority to say to each other, along with that which has been proclaimed by our pastor, happy new you. Look at somebody, come on, all the campuses, look at somebody say, happy new you. Because God is doing something new. Now, I want to use as my text to kind of uh, uh, walk parallel with the teaching of pastor from Isaiah 42 and 43 when he's been proclaiming that God is going to do a new thing. I want to find my support from Revelation chapter 1 verses 4 through 8. And this is part a prayer and part a proclamation that St. John is making. And he says these words... Oh, there it is right there. Wonderful. Uh, He says, uh, grace to you and peace from him who is and was and is to come. That's very important. Say with me, he who is, was, and is to come. And from the seven spirits are before his throne. He goes on and says, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth. Can I just tell you a secret? God is in control. Can I tell you that the United Nations is not in control? Can I tell you that the White House is not in control? Can I tell you that no party is in control? Can I tell you that God is in control? To him who loved us, and that's the cool thing, he's in control and he loves you and he's washed away all of our sins in his own blood and has made us to be kings and priests to the glory of God the Father, be glory and dominion forever, ever, and amen. And behold, he's coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even though who pierced them. And all the tribes of the earth were moaned because of it, even so, amen. Now watch this. I am, this is Jesus talking. If you have an expensive version of the Bible, it's in red. I am the Alpha, I am the Omega. That means I'm A, I'm Z. I am the beginning, say I'm the beginning, and say the end. Who, was, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now watch me for a second. Jesus is speaking that I'm releasing into your heart today a new beginning. God is going to give you a new beginning. And God is going to put an end to things that need to stop. So today as I... As I Join in with this prophetic word and you're going to feel a prophetic surge in what I'm saying. I say this with all humility, but also with confidence that there is a shift that will happen today. That the things that Pastor Randy has been saying and the things that he's been declaring today in every campus, today, Everyone connected covenantially to this church is going to feel a shift 
in. What has been spoken is now going to find traction. Behold, all things are going to become new. Do you believe that today? Happy new you. Now, what I want you to learn is how to manage this. I want you to learn how to recognize this new thing. I want to give you what you need to be able to manage and to recognize this new thing that God is doing. Now, one of the crucial, important things to understand about God is that God lives in the past, present, and future simultaneously. This is going to get a little bit of a stretch for you, but you can handle it. Say, I can handle it. And that is that we must come to understand that God was, God is, and God is to come. And every time in the book of Revelation God is mentioned, He's mentioned in that context. He who was, is, and is to come. And if you're going to walk into this new flow of newness, if you're going to walk into this path of new roads and rivers, and today as I was praying for you, you know, and and listening to your pastor... I could see that these roads mean this is access, access that God's going to give you to new connections, to new doors, to new relationships. The rivers are the resources, new resources that God's going to bring to you. Relationships, say relationships, say resources. Somebody asked one time, would you rather have a million friends or a million dollars? I always go with a million friends because you can always borrow a dollar from each of them. (laughs) Actually, before resources come, divine connections come. Roads are access into relationships of destiny. Things that God will bring into your life. Let me give you a story about how new things start happening in your life. God makes roads into places of which were not there before, connections. I made a connection about 15 years ago that changed everything, gave me a third act, brought me at the age of 60 into the most productive time of my ministry. At the age of 60, I left one dimension of a life I thought I would be doing forever and jumped into a new arena that would scare me to death if I had tried to reason it out in my own mind. All of that came because of a divine connection. It began with something that Jeannie and I did years ago. When we started our church in Orange County, we struggled. We went for many years before we even broke 100 people. Actually, I said, God, when are you going to start building the church? And he said, when I get done building you. (laughs) Took him quite a while. During that time, even though we had a nice home because of an inheritance that my wife received, we were able to put a down payment and get started. But everything else was a struggle. Barely enough to do anything had a clunker car, couldn't, you know, pay our bills without strain and difficulty. But we learned something that that helped us get through the tough times, and that is not to allow the poverty, the strain, the current circumstances to define us. And we did that by understanding a principle that wherever you put your body, whatever atmosphere you put your body in, your body will adapt. In other words, put it in a jacuzzi, your body will adapt to the heat. Go Go skiing in the cold, your body will adapt. Wherever you place your body, 
it will adapt. So we used to go to places of wealth, places of excellence, places that reflected success and just absorb the atmosphere so that while we were struggling, we wouldn't let it define us. So here's what we did. We'd take up all the money we could scrape up. We'd drive about a block from the Ritz-Carlton in Laguna Niguel, California. And sometimes we were literally taking pennies and quarters and nickels to come up with $37 so we could eat at the restaurant at the Ritz-Carlton. We could get an English muffin, orange juice, and leave a decent tip for 37 bucks. And that was 30 years ago. But we would hang out. We would wear our nicest clothes. We would hang out for two or three hours. We went in, parked our car a block away, conquer of a car, walk in, poverty, struggling. We're not going to make it. And then order that English muffin. And we were looking around at millionaires. We were looking at artwork. We were looking at that point. It was a $100 million piece of property. We didn't even get in the elevator with those millionaires and act like we were going to a room. We'd see celebrities and important people. We would hang out for two or three hours until the atmosphere of excellence, the atmosphere of success, the atmosphere of prosperity and favor would start rubbing off of us and we'd leave feeling like we were millionaires until we got in the car and it wouldn't start. But anyway, well, little by little, we kept doing that until one day we were able to order a whole breakfast. And then God blessed us to where we could do lunch. One day, the prosperity in favor of God, we could actually do dinner. And I'm talking about an overpriced dinner. And then the day came where we had a nice car and I could pull in and to the valet. And back in those days, I, I, I would tip the valet $20. Give the valet $20. He parks my car. This is 30 years ago. He'd park my car over there. He'd make sure I wouldn't have to stand in line. He'd call ahead to make sure I had a good seat when I went to eat. And he took care of everything and it felt good. And when I would drive into the Rich Carlton, they would all look at me. And you could see them hustling to try to get me because they all wanted that $20. Well, about 15 years ago, there was this young man and his wife having a vacation, and they had just taken over their father's church. He had never been to another church in this country, and he wanted to go visit another church. He had the name of a pastor, Jim Reeve, a great friend of mine, and he asked the valet how to get there, and he explained how to get there, and the wife said, well, how long will it take? And the valet said, oh, take about an hour and 10 minutes. And she said, oh, I don't want to do that. We're on vacation. And the valet said, oh, you should go to Pastor Phil and Jeannie Muncy's church. You see, treat everyone like they're the gatekeeper to your destiny. And one day you'll be right. Because yes, indeed, Joel did come to my church that day. It was Joel Osteen who was that young man. And my destiny changed forever. I want you to get a sense that God is going to create access to new relationships and to new opportunities. St. John cried out and said, come up here and let me show you things that are to come to pass shortly. I am prophesying to you today. I'm not teaching. I'm not preaching. I am like a trumpet prophesying. I'm not mad. My voice is raised. I'm not upset. I'm excited. I've not come here to play a flute. I've come here to blow a trumpet and tell you, come up here and let me show you things, new things. 
But now it becomes important as you get ready to step into these new things that you understand the ideal that God is, was, is, and is to come. In other words, you need to learn to manage yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You need to learn how to handle your past so you can properly handle your present and comprehend your future. You need to let the future be speaking into your spirit and understand how the past is to serve you and not to be your master. I want to reiterate what your pastor has talked about in dealing with the past. So when you say, God, he who was, you must look at your past and you must manage it properly. As your pastor has said, there are some things that just need to be let go of. There are things you need to walk away from. There are some things that just need to... And I'm not going to repeat what he said. What he said is right. And what he said is correct. And today I've come to add a prophetic edge to it. Because there are some, some things in the past that you must come to understand that God must put his, his hand upon. There are things in the past of which you must manage things. You see, the best way to look at your past is to say this, you are my servant, not my master. When I look into the past, that's why when I worship, the Bible says I should be giving thanks, enter in with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, and then worship. Thanksgiving is where I connect with God first. So in other words, in order for the new thing to come, you must practice the presence of God by starting to look in your past and to thank God for what he's done. To remember that he got you through it last year, he'll get you through it this year. That you faced financial prospect problems before and he got you through that. You have to roll back the curtain. You have to remember. You have to reflect, not defect, but deflect to the past. Reflect so that you can remember and let faith draw inside you. In doing so, there are some things in the past that must come to an end. As I listened to Pastor Randy teach, the Holy Spirit said to me, I want to release a supernatural miracle regarding the past for the people that are here today and watching on campus lines here. See, I've come to discover that when I look at my past, one of the most important things I need to do about my past is to be able to let go, let go of the future, like, or rather let go of the failures, let go of the success, and learn to let the past find its proper place and to be able to be free to move on. But more recently, the Lord has, has kind of shown me that there comes a time when there are bad things that happens in our past that we can no longer mentally, capably shut them and stop them from invading our present and spoiling our future. In other words, as pastor talked about bitterness, and by the way, I don't see any t-shirts that say, put a tree in it. <laughs> I heard him command that we should do that. I didn't see anybody. But having pastored for 43 years, I come to recognize that there are some things that happen to our spirit that take it beyond the realm of mental ascent. In other words, there are some things that only God can help us deal with. Bitterness is what happens when the expiration date for forgiveness has expired. And now, instead of being able to let it go, you can't let it go 
Because like roots, it has dug down deep in your conscience and your subconscious. And it now rules you. And you cannot deal with it. It's beyond your ability to rearrange uh, rotten eggs to make a good omelet. It's in a place of which God must enter in supernaturally. Get ready. I'm about to pray in 90 seconds. And God is going to supernaturally do some in your life campuses get a little bit of faith because I read to you that God sometimes Jesus alone has to step up and say I am the beginning and I am the end I open doors that no man can open I shut doors that no man can shut there are some doors in our life that we can't shut only God can Let me walk softly down this path, quickly, but also delicately. I have come to realize that there are some doors of habits, some doors of abuse, some doors of experiences that we are not capable of shutting. We can get therapy, we can fast and pray, we can be determined, but somehow it keeps cropping back up somehow the door swings open at a weak moment and we are tortured and intimidated by our past. But today I've come with a mandate from God to say, God will shut the door today. God will shut the door. Recently, upon understanding the testimony of Joyce Myers, who was abused at least 200 times by her father, And as I heard her discuss the pain that she's gone through, and even when my mind thinks about that horrifying experience of a father violating a daughter coming into that bedroom, the whole thing causes me to just... It's a sickening and overwhelming, and I can't imagine the life of me, how someone can get over that kind of offense. It certainly isn't something that you can just say, let it go. It's something that needs God to dig his hands into the root and into the pain and into the sorrow and supernaturally say, my name is the end. Sometimes Jesus can step in, and when you're battling and you can't do it anymore, Jesus steps in and says, I am going to end this The end This will not torment you anymore This will not bother you anymore I'm shutting the door The end Even Jesus on the cross Depicts an incredible picture Of the humanity That God submitted himself to And as he looks upon the crowd of the people of whose hands he healed and whose eyes he opened and whose bodies he raised from the dead. And on that cross they mock him, they spit at him, they pull at his beard, they make light of him. And in his humanity he cannot forgive, he cannot let it go. And he does something very important that I'm asking you today to let God do. And that is he looks into the heavens and he says these words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Sometimes forgiveness comes through you, not always from you. And that's what 
God is going to do now. Sometimes you try to shut the door to a habit that shames you. Sometimes you try to shut the door to the past that haunts you and hypnotizes you and makes you feel like that you're living Groundhog Day every day, cycling over the same junk, the same stuff. But God has sent me today to tell you that the one who can shut the door that no man can open, including you, has come this day to make all things new. Would you put your hands out like this? Would you try to do that if you'd like? Maybe you're uncomfortable, but you might be more uncomfortable watching everybody else do it. And your hands out there, and I say to you today, the memories, the habits, the scars, the hurt, the failures, the disappointments that I say to you right now, that these are things of which you cannot close the door to. These are things of which you cannot erase from your memory. These are not things that you can let go. You've been able to let go of a lot of things, but these things are nagging. These things are choking. These things are roots. And God has sent me here today to tell you that the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the door opener and the door closer has stepped into your world. All things will come new but first he must stop that which is stopping you and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the authority given to me as a servant of almighty God reach your hands deep into the pain into the hurt of the past and yank and pull the roots out of those things that have been choking us and by the supernatural authority that only Jesus Christ has shut the Door. I decree it and I declare it in Jesus' name. Now take those hands like that. Take your hands and all of those things that have been choking you and all of those things that you have done, everything you can to get rid of and can't, Jesus has done it now. Now turn your hands and watch them go. Turn your hands and let control. Turn your hands and watch him who loves you give you peace and give you freedom from your past. In Jesus' name. How many feel the presence of Almighty God here right now? In my closing moments, as you understand that the past is now being managed by the supernatural work of God, that God has shut doors. And then I want you to understand that as you begin to worship God, that God is going to begin to give you prophetic insight into your future. He's going to give you a sense of things that God is wanting to begin to open. Remember in the Old Testament, everything happened first through the prophet. God would say these words, I'm not doing anything until the prophet says I'm going to do it. When the prophet says he's going to do it, then you'll know I'll follow it up. In the New Testament, it's the gift of prophecy. When you declare a thing, You set it in order. It can't happen until you declare it. And I'm asking God to release a spirit of prophecy that will come upon you, that will cause you, that when you get up every day, you're going to say, Behold, I declare, God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. And here's the thing. And I know my time is gone. And I thank you for your patience because I'm going to pray to release this prophetic, to release this. And they're now coming to the piano and this is the, the funeral music for this sermon. 
Whenever you hear that, that means it is over. It was a good sermon why it lasted. And now watch me. God is going to give you a sense of the future. He's going to give you a sense that he's going to give you hints of thy kingdom come and thy will be done. He's going to begin to give you a, a sense. And when you, when you worship and you get in God's presence, you're going to begin to anticipate things like it's time to prophesy over your children. It's time to prophesy. The Bible says in Revelation that gives us a picture of somebody that prophesied. And the Bible says that it went down. The prophecy went down like honey in the mouth. But then in the stomach it turned and went sour. But then the word of the Lord comes back and says, prophesy again. Do it again. This is what I'm decreeing to you. Prophetic words that you have buried. Promises that you have walked away from. Dreams that you think have passed their expiration date. God is saying, I will awaken them. I will make all things new. And friends, you must understand that new doesn't always mean different. New doesn't mean different. I heard your pastor joking about getting a new wife. Listen, I've been, I have been married to at least seven different women. They all carry the name Jeannie Muncie. But I've watched her go through her own transformations. You see, it's not different. It's new and fresh. It's like bread. Have you ever smelt the aroma of bread? Oh, when you smell the aroma of fresh bread, draws you in. Your mouth begins to water. Ah. And then the next day, the same ingredient and the same bread. But it's fresh, draws you in again. God will take your marriage and make it new. God will take your job and make it new. God will take your kids and make it new. It doesn't have to be different for it to be new. God is breathing freshness in your life. Would you raise your hands and receive that? Raise your hands and receive that. Father, breathe a fresh wind, a fresh flow a fresh fire. Let our words, though the same, carry the aroma of the new and the fresh. You don't get in life what you want. You get in life what you are. And you're going to begin to speak words that are fresh, words that are new. You're going to begin to have a vision that's fresh and that it's new. It may not even be different, but now, behold, I do a new thing and the freshness of what God is going to do is coming and it is flowing the year of drought is over last service out of nowhere I heard the voice of the Lord and I know it when I hear it and I heard the voice of the Lord say tell celebration the seven years of drought are over it's now time for a seven year of feast the seven years of change the seven years of the awkwardness of being repositioned and realigned, the seven years of in and out, of almost losing your identity as God has set you up for a new day, a new generation. The seven days of famine are over. The seven years of prosperity and favor have come to this house. And as it drips down the beard of your pastors, 
and down into your business, into your family, and into your dreams. Welcome to a new day. Welcome to a new way. Welcome to a perception that helps you see through things and the perseverance to see things through. Welcome to a new day. Welcome to a new you. And Father, I decree it and I declare it now. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Not different, new. Fresh, clean, innocent, pure. I feel the Holy Spirit at work. Other campuses, I know you're feeling it right now. Just take a deep breath. Watch the Holy Spirit purge you of the toxic. Watch the Holy Spirit shut the doors of the negative. Watch the Holy Spirit speak your name and call you forth. Come up here and let me show you things that are about to come to pass. I speak these things into your spirit. I speak these things into your family. I speak these things into your dreams. Behold, all things become new. Would you lift your hands with me right now? Let the anointing touch the tip of those fingers. Let the anointing come in and out of your breathing until every cell in your body is rekindled, is feeling the impact of the precious Holy Spirit. See the Lord shutting doors. See the Lord opening doors. See the Lord saying the end. See the Lord saying the beginning. Welcome to a new day. With your hands over your heart, can I just challenge those of you on every campus and in this room today, if you're not at peace with Almighty God, if why I've been preaching, you're saying, I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not... I don't feel this connection like I should. Maybe you've drifted from your gift. Maybe you've drifted. Maybe you've allowed yourself to be shut down and shut out. And today God is saying, come, come. Or maybe you're a guest. You came here because somebody invited you and you think it's an accident. It's no accident. You don't accidentally go to church. You're here because today is your day of salvation. Today is your day. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you're not at peace with Almighty God, if you have no idea of what it means to commune with God, to know Him as your beginning, your end, to know Him as the God that shuts doors and opens doors, as the God that can make all things new, then today I'll lead you in a prayer that acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died for your sins. And that the Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe it in your heart, even if all faith that you have is the size of a mustard seed, that is good enough. And upon confessing, you will come into a beautiful experience of eternal life. And so as your eyes are closed and your heart is open, I'm speaking to you today. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life or you've drifted away from the Lord, and you want to recommit your life to Christ today, then I've already told you what you're going to say. Now repeat these words with me and we'll all say it together. Everybody say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for my sins. God raised you from the dead. That whosoever would believe in their heart 
and confess with their mouth that you would give them the gift of eternal life. I receive that free gift in Jesus' name. And just like that, the seed of eternal life has been planted in your heart forever. And if you listen carefully, you can hear the angels in heaven as they're shouting over what you did. Come on, saints, let's join in with the angels and give them a shout of praise and blessing. Amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.